are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how we are live on YouTube as we are every post game for the rest of this season and beyond. The Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks 17 to nothing. It's the first shutout of a Seahawks team in a decade. This is a continuation for the Green Bay Packers defense of a performance that they started a couple weeks ago in three consecutive weeks. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus tweeted this out. The Packers defense against Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson have allowed 34 combined points without Jair Alexander, without Zadarius Smith, without Kenny Clark for a half of that game, and without Eric Stokes for the middle one of those games, and they did it against the the Cardinals, it must be pointed out, in a game where the offense was not exactly rolling. They did it against the Chiefs in a game where the offense was not exactly rolling. They did it in a Seahawks game where the offense was not exactly rolling. For the defense to be this dominant, and they were truly, in we, we overrate that word, they were dominant. Seattle managed 208 Total yards, three and a half yards per play, three and a half yards per play, 133 net passing yards, two interceptions thrown by Russell Wilson. It could have been four. It could have been five. That was how good this Packers defense was. The pass rush was all over Russell the entire game. They could not block this front. Now, there was the Rashawn Gary scary play and the injuries are going to be a story here we're going to talk about them a little bit later in the show but this defense when they continue to have injuries when they continue to face top level quarterbacks Tyler Lockett basically took the collar in this game they got DK Metcalf so worked up he got tossed because multiple Packer defenders got in his face and I'm not talking about Jair Alexander I'm not talking about you know, superstar players. He was getting after it with Henry Black. He was getting after it with Russell Douglas. These are not, he's, he's, he's punching down in those circumstances. And guess what? Those Packers defenders are standing their ground. They're not afraid of DK Metcalf. They're not afraid of Tyler Lockett. Incredible play. Eric Stokes in phase at the end of the first half. A play that if you're a Packer fan old enough to remember January, You remember at the end of the first half against the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, Kevin King gets roasted on a go route by Scotty Miller. I'm being facetious. Everyone remembers this. Eric Stokes, step for step with Tyler Lockett. Step for step in perfect position, finds the ball, makes a play, PBU. They get a stop on Russell Wilson and they're able to keep him out of the end zone. They got two interceptions in the end zone. 
Now, one of them was on a deep ball. Adrian Amos almost had two other interceptions in this game. Kevin King had an interception almost, almost bounce off his chest. And it did kind of like if that were an offensive player, that's a touchdown all day. But because they're a defensive player, apparently uh, they don't quite see it the same way, but it's ruled interception as it should have been. This Packers defense has proven that regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, they are going to have a good plan as they have consistently, consistently. Week one, an anomaly. Since then, they have game in and game out had terrific plans on how to attack opposing quarterbacks, opposing offenses. This is, as Steve mentions in the comments, a championship caliber defense. And I I do not often cite the traditional yardage stats and point scored stats on this show because I think they can be misleading. I like DVOA because it's efficiency with the schedule. It adjusts for who you're playing. Packers were 16th in DVOA coming into this game. That will go up. That doesn't matter right now, okay? Because with the way this defense is playing, the offense is going to find it. David Bakhtiari probably gets back next week. We don't know what the situation is with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, according to Adam Schefter, the Packers are, are thinking it's an MCL. The Tracy Wolfson had the very um, uh, uh, emotional report Aaron Jones leaves the medical tent. He's got tears in his eyes, goes talk to his family. Um, but but the reporting right now is that it's an MCL. As I as I tweeted, um, there are there are pretty reliable tests for ACL. Usually, especially if it's a full tear, you know on the field that that that's what it is. But but back to the defensive part of this. It's not just the front getting pressure, although they are. It's not just the linebackers flying around, although they are. It's not just the cornerbacks playing sticky coverage, although they are. And it's not just the safeties erasing everything on the back end, roaming around and making plays. There were a couple times on deep shots when the Seahawks thought they were getting single coverage and they thought they had a safety on a receiver one-on-one. It was Darnell Savage running with a receiver across the field and here comes Adrian Amos to make a play. Or it was Darnell Savage Getting beat, letting a receiver get behind him, but because Russ had to hold, because there was really good coverage to start, he's got to hold, hold. That ball is now 10, 15 yards further down the field. He had to fade because of the pressure, and he has to put air under the ball to get it down there, which gives Darnell Savage, who has remarkable speed, the time to get down there and make plays. This defense is not just playing whether they are playing together. Every phase is working right now. And you just feel, okay, if you if you lose this guy, another guy can step in. I don't think anyone around Green Bay has felt like this about their defense in a long, long time. I mean, I think you have to go back uh, to probably 2010 where you could feel that way. I mean, it, it it would be a long way to have to go back that far. 2015, the defense was pretty good, but the offense was kind of meh. This defense can win them games, can win them games. And we go, you go back to 2019, the, the defense won them week one. Packers offense didn't play well. This defense won them the game in Minnesota to clinch the division against the Vikings 
when Zadarius Smith had one of the virtuoso games of the last five years for the Packers defense. But this was one of the best defensive performances since 2010 when they shut out the New York Jets. They were banged up and they went on the road to New York and won a 9-0 game. The offense didn't play great against a very good defense. Now, this was not a very good defense in Seattle. Tony Romo tried his hardest to gas them up. They're not a very good defense. But Rodgers on no practice for two weeks, he didn't look sharp. Devontae Adams and him, even, even, even with Devontae, they didn't look quite on the same page. They hit the big play to MVS. He had the gorgeous throw to Alan Lazard that Lazard wasn't able to hold in. But it's not like the offense was making it easy on the defense. For the defense to play like this, I, 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 we have to give some credit here. You know, and Ross Uglum, friend of the show, was joking on Twitter that he's he's starting to think he might have to take the L on the Joe Barry takes. Put the Joe Barry takes away. A lot of people are going to have to take the L on that. My, myself included. I did not love that hire. It felt like a consolation prize. He has been everything that this team has needed and more. And we are starting to see just how talented this team is. We 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 thought that. We, we knew that, but you, you didn't know it until you saw it for sure. But, but the reason Mike Patton, and I've said this over and over and over, the reason Mike Patton is no longer employed as the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator is because there is enough talent on this team for them to be better than they've been. And that is why he had to go. And for them to be coalescing at this point without their best player, in Jair Alexander, without arguably their second best player in Zadaria Smith. Rashawn Gary's star turn. He is turning into a tremendous player in front of our eyes. You hope it's just a hyperextension. He was shown walking around in the tunnel, um, you know, not in an air cast, for example. You hope that that is because he did not dislocate the hell out of his, his elbow and that it's going to be, you know, a couple weeks and he can be back. Kenny Clark was was dealing with a back injury all week. He came in and dominated in this football game. Preston Smith, Jonathan Garvin, Whitney Merciless gets his first sack as a Packer. You you have GM Aaron Rodgers and GM Brian Gutekunst to thank for that. They're able to buttress a defense that is playing lights out. There is no one in a week when the Bucs lost to a bad Washington team in a week where Arizona got blown out, blown out by a Panthers team starting a quarterback who just got into town yesterday. This NFC is Green Bay's for the taking. They are number one in the conference right now. And their toughest games, their toughest games left are at home. They've got the Rams at home. They've got the Browns at home. Now they have to go to Baltimore. The good news there, that's an AFC game. So a loss is not going to kill them. And, and it's not like Baltimore is anything special. So this Packers team, this is the version of this defense. We thought, okay, if they can just make an incremental improvement defensively, it can offset the inevitable regression offensively. We knew an offensive regression was coming. They just played out of their minds last year. Rodgers was incredible last year. Devontae Adams, incredible last year. The offensive line was incredible last year. And they were, they were pretty healthy on that side of the ball. They're getting more than that from the defense. They're getting 
a top 10 kind of defensive performance. And that's what this defense is. This is just who they are. We're through enough of the season where this is not luck. They played some really good teams, some really good offenses, some really good quarterbacks. Remember, remember this. Remember when the deal was this team only beat up bad quarterbacks and anytime a good quarterback showed up, they were, they were just a different team. Drew Brees would light them up. Matthew Stafford even would light them up. Tom Brady would light them up, but they would, they would, you know, make their bed with Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins and, and these, you know, these dregs quarterbacks that they could dominate those guys. But anytime they faced a real quarterback, they were getting lit up. That's not the deal anymore. Now you go into every matchup going, okay, the defense has a plan. And it's because of Eric Stokes and Darnell Savage and Devondre Campbell. And, and Devondre Campbell wasn't even a huge part of the stat sheet on the day, but his ability to spy, to keep Russell Wilson from escaping the pocket and from chasing him down when he did, that was a huge story in the game. Against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you should not have a rookie a, a essentially journeyman quarterback in Russell Douglas and another, I mean, we're, we're close to calling Kevin King a journeyman quarterback, even though he's only been with the Packers and they shut down one of the most explosive offenses in football. One of the best one, two punches at receiver in football. Let me read you the final box score. DK Metcalf, eight targets, three catches, 26 yards. Tyler Lockett, eight targets, two catches, 23 yards. They combined. 16 targets, five catches, 49 yards. That is getting the freaking job done. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for something else. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. And if you're like me, just about every day, you stare into your cabinet going, why don't I have anything good in the house? Happened to me today, in fact. I was just, I needed, I needed something. I needed a boost. I was working on some projects around the house and I needed something with a little more punch than you would get if you're just getting something salty that you normally would get. So that's why, that's why my pantry always has just the cheese in it. Just the cheese is Real cheese, 100% cheese, no fluff, no filler, like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which means without the unnecessary carbs. My favorite is the jalapeno and the spicy cheese combo. It goes especially well right now. I happen to have a pumpkin beer right here at my side. Really, that's a, that's a pretty nice pairing. I'm, I'm not a sommelier, but pretty nice pairing on that one. It's just natural cheese. No complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Support two Wisconsin products and buy them at the Quick Trip. You know you want to get some glazers. Just go. Just go and get both. Get both and feel really good about it. So offensively, offensively, it was not pretty. 
Um, the, the offense was not in in sync, not in rhythm. Uh, the final numbers for Aaron Rodgers actually don't look too bad. 23 of 37 for 292. Had, did have one of the most inexplicable plays in the red zone I've ever seen. And, and part of that is because the list of bad plays for Aaron Rodgers in the in the red zone is like it's like small. He is he is the most efficient quarterback ever. He is the most risk averse but efficient quarterback ever and he is the best red zone quarterback ever by a mile. He didn't have a turnover in the red zone until like the 5th year of his uh regular season performances. His like 5th year as a starter. I, I I still think to this day he has fewer than 10 red zone interceptions. And to make a play like that was was crazy but that's not the point he was not sharp early the offense was not sharp early and they they started to find a little bit of a rhythm in the second half and that was I think that was to be expected I thought they would come out a little bit more in sync especially with Devontae Adams who finished seven for 78 um but the running game the running game was working they were able to hit some plays here and there. They got the big one to MVS down the field, 41 yards. They got Aaron Jones a couple times. They, they had a drive. The drive that they scored on, the first touchdown, was just all screens. I think that was actually the one that ended in the interception. But, but it was a, a number of RPOs. It was short passes into the shot plays. And, and Rodgers had a couple throws where he just didn't get any help. The beauty to Lazard on the deep over it, right past the linebackers had. I mean, that was going on every Aaron Rodgers highlight reel if Lazard is able to, to, to reel that in. And he wasn't. But what they were able to do in this game was stay patient and find ways to just scrap and claw and manufacture whatever they needed to. It was a game also where A.J. Dillon finishes with 128 yards on 23 touches. He had a 50-yard catch and run on a swing pass where he had to make a shoestring catch and then broke about 10 tackles. That is the kind of play, first of all, the first part is the kind of play that a lot of people pre-draft were worried he couldn't make, could not be a factor in the passing game. Receptions outside of frame. Those are tough for a running back. The rule is always for a quarterback, you have to put the ball on a running back or he's not going to catch it. They are very difficult to throw to, okay? A.J. Dillon consistently has shown soft hands can make those plays outside of frame and has the balance to then create after the catch. And then no one wants to tackle this guy. No one wants to tackle this guy, not in the cold, not ever, not in the open field. A.J. Dillon in space is terrifying. And so if they need A.J. Dillon for a couple games to be the offense, you know, let's say let's say Jones is four to six weeks. Let's just say we don't want to speculate until we know for sure on the injuries. Um, I'm sure they'll, they're going to do the, the scans for Aaron Jones and we'll find out more. The hope is is MCL sprain at this point. But A.J. Dillon has been, for a number of games this year, the best running back running back on this team. Not the best weapon. Aaron Jones is still a better weapon because of what he can do as a receiver. But as a pure runner, so far this year, I have been more impressed with A.J. Dillon. Now, part of that is um, situational. Part of that is the way that they use him. You're seeing counters. You're seeing power. You're seeing traps. You're seeing counter these these really interesting 
non-traditional, at least in this offense, kinds of runs. Traditional in, in that they are traditional runs, but not outside zone, not inside zone. They're, they're moving bodies. They're pulling guards. And it is really playing to his strengths. But what this game, I think, really showed is that A.J. Dillon is a weapon. Use him in the passing game, even if it is just swing, even if it is just screen. Derrick Henry is a killer in the passing game, and he would never have to run a route in his entire life. But he is not someone anyone wants to tackle in the open field. It seems like every A.J. Dillon screen goes for 10 yards, at least. And then you're going to have a couple where he breaks one and all of a sudden he's in the open field and it's 50 yards because no one wants to tackle this guy. Even Bobby Wagner at the end, who's who's 6'3", 240, 250. He is like really, really working and laboring to take down A.J. Dillon. His ability to make people miss and, and to, to get skinny in the hole, to put his foot in the ground and get downhill. And I thought he did something. There was a third and one run. This was a a little thing, but a sign of growth. He had to make a defender miss at the point of attack. And that was something Seattle did pretty consistently on on short yardage plays. They were bringing free guys off the edge. And A.J. Dillon had to sidestep a defender in the backfield. And because he's so big, sometimes when he has to redirect, he can get a little high. He's six. He's a legit six feet tall. That's pretty tall for a running back. And it causes him to get stood up. That's what happened on the first third and one. He had to redirect, change his, his angle a little bit. And he stood up. And that negates all of his power. You could have, you know, quads for days. But if you're standing up, you lose those, uh, you lose that leverage. You lose the, the power in those legs. So on this third and one, he sidestepped the defender and immediately lowered his head as if to say, okay, I know I have to, I have to gain back that leverage. Lowers his pads and plows forward and gets the first down. On the touchdown run, lowers his pads, plows in, and uses those quads, the quadzilla, to get into the end zone. That's why it's that's why it's 10-nothing, not six-nothing. That's why it's 17-nothing, not 10-nothing or 13-nothing. Those plays, turning them into touchdowns, turning third and one into first and 10, and then seeing the value of everything else that he can do. This offense is loaded with guys who can make plays even when the offense is not quite in sync, even when the defense is saying, okay, we're going to play everybody too high. We're going to fly downhill. And the Packers were not able to get any of the shot plays down the field outside of that first one, not able to get any of the play action shots, no double moves. And they're gonna they're gonna find they're gonna find those things. I think the offensive line is gonna play a lot better when David Bakhtiari gets back. And and so this is this is one of those things that you need when you have injuries. You need to have the guys who are there. And I said this before the game. I, I am not someone who who is established the run guy. And I think running backs are mostly replaceable. But the Packers are going to test that theory right now. And the A.J. Dillon pick took a lot of criticism at the time. 
from, from myself included, by the way. But I was talking to Jake Morley and Jake Westendorf, friends of the show. And we've been saying for a year and a half now, yes, people are annoyed with the AJ Dillon pick and, and probably for good reason in terms of positional value and all that stuff. But he's going to be a really good football player and fans are going to love him. And guess what? AJ Dillon is a really good football player and fans, fans love him. So here we are. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it's not taste like one. You have to try one of these things for yourself to believe it. I didn't believe it until I tried it. And then when I tried it immediately, first bite, I'm going, wait a second. What is this? Most protein bars are chalky or waxy and you, you really have to struggle to get them down. You're just like, okay, I, I know I need to eat this. But a Bilt Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% chocolate. When you bite into it, you just know you're eating something different. Still, they're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Plus, no matter what you like in terms of flavors, they're going to have something for you. You like fruit and chocolate? They got raspberry, cherry, barcia. You like Decadent dessert-like flavors, they got salted caramel, double chocolate, coconut almond. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so check the website. Often, you don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. And Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. Packers cover the three. I never understood why it didn't get back up to five, five and a half. That's where it should have been, and the Packers proved that. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So someone said, eat a Bilt Bar Live. I, I don't, don't threaten me with a good time. I will do that. I will do that. It, they're delicious. Um, if you if you promise to buy some, I will I will eat one live. How about that? Uh, I I I do um, want to mention the special teams <laughs> because Mason Crosby missed another kick, and I, I I don't know if it's in his head. I don't know what the situation is, but they've made some changes, and you know, Mari Rogers. Looked fine returning kicks. Um, the, the kick coverage looked solid. But I don't know if Mason Crosby is worried about what's going on with um, it, what's going on in front of him, but they brought in Elton Jenkins. He is now in the kick protection unit instead of, I don't know, I couldn't see who exactly it was for. They had Tyler Lancaster in there um, and and that was a big problem. So um, it, it uh I'm glad to see they are making some changes because when I heard the anecdote from Matt LaFleur that he had gone over to Mo Drayton and said, you got to get Amari out of there. And Mo said, can't do it. We're going to stick with him. You got to trust me. And and I, I, I like when a coach says, I'm going to trust my position coaches with these guys. I'm fine with that. But it it gave me some flashbacks to Mike McCarthy and sticking with guys, with coaches, a little bit too long. And I don't I don't know that that's happening here, 
but it's just something that I wanted to keep an eye on. Borquez out there again, banging punts. 47-yard average. Michael Dixon's supposed to be, you know, the, the GOAT. He had six punts. Now, four of them inside the 20. They're not all supposed to be bangers. But but Bajorquez slipped the field a couple times. If there is one part of this team that you, you start to now worry about, it's, it's special teams. Um, but I still don't think it is a big enough deal right now. You know, you win a game 17-0. Special teams can only do so much to hurt you. Now, every game is not going to go this closely. I'm I'm not worried about Mason because I think the longer this goes um, and the more they keep winning games, the more it's just going to naturally work itself out. But I, I didn't think it could go unsaid because this is a Super Bowl team. This is the number one team in the NFC right now. They've got the Vikings in a week. They've got the Rams a week after that. And they cannot. This is the last thing I want to I want to touch on before we go. They cannot look past the Vikings. I think it is really good. I think it is really good that this is a divisional game. Because if it were a different, a different, if it were the Ravens, let's say, if it were even the Browns at home or in Cleveland, you might be tempted to be thinking about that Rams game. And they can't do that. They can't overlook this Vikings team. Um, this Vikings team has enough talent. They have enough familiarity with what Green Bay is doing. Green Bay offensively, they're not rolling right now. They need to get David Bakhtiari back to solidify this offensive line. They need to get Aaron Rodgers going a little bit. He looked he looked rusty in this game. He looked like he hadn't practiced in two weeks. He also looked like he hadn't slept in about two weeks. I don't know what's going on. He, uh, I don't know if it's the diet or, or what's going on, but he it's just the, the bags. I don't know. Maybe he just finally is is looking like he's 37 years old. Uh, th- this this offense is not humming on all cylinders. So there's plenty to clean up here. I mean, they, they won the game. The defense played great, but there's plenty to clean up offensively. The blocking is still, you know, there's still some issues there. The rhythm in the passing game is not there. Some drops in this game like they can, their offense can be so much better. This is not 2019 where it's kind of a mess. And the defense is winning these games. And then Rodgers is late game heroicing a couple times. But it's also not 2020 where the offense is having to do it all. And the defense is struggling. They're finding that balance. And you just hope that that they can they can hit that equilibrium at the right time. Cannot have slip ups. Cannot overlook a team like the Vikings because they can come in and beat you. So they have to they have to be ready to do that. They have to be ready for another test. Maybe they're getting David Bakhtiari back. There are some people who are wondering, wondering. Ladarius Hamilton was cut when they brought Isaac Yadam off off the COVID list. Uh, could that mean that that Z is closer? Could be. Could be. We do, we still don't know the 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 future for those two guys, but we assume. You know, that that them being back in the building is good for their status. We'll be back next week. A great time. Well, it's already it's already Sunday here, but it's probably next week for those of you listening on the podcast. So we've got a lot more to come. Vikings week, Expert Tuesday, Zayu doing Wednesday, crossover Thursday and a live stream on Friday. We will be here for you all through Every week, because that's what we do on Locked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to The Leap. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.